Welcome to Cafecito with Rosie on air, where you'll get to know local professionals, entrepreneurs, movers, and shakers, and how they're helping their community. Hear exclusive interviews from thriving individuals, get inspired, and learn from them. And now, your host, author, speaker, commissioner, Medicare broker, business owner, published author, and business trailblazer, Rosie Paulson. Welcome to Cafecito with Rosie on air. I cannot believe we are in the second quarter of 2022 in the month of April. And the theme for this quarter is persistent. My name is Rosie Paulson and I am the host of this show. With my pure, positive and inspiring ideas, I want to bring you, my listeners, opportunities for you to get to know people in the community, who they are, what they do and how they help the community. So my next guest is a person that I met a couple of years ago. We were both participating on speaker talks from my really good friend, Steve Zapato, who you have heard from him in previous um, shows here at Cafecito with Rosie on air. Patty Flo is a, a longtime entrepreneur, business leader, and healthcare practitioner. Patty Flo personifies a rare combination of passion, strategic thinking, and genuinely concern for others' well-being. These qualities help her connect with audiences in engaging, sincere fashion, setting the stage for learning and honest self-reflection. Patty's career has traversed many miles and nearly as many directions. She began on the front lines of healthcare, working as a bedside nurse for 15 years. I am so excited to see you today and to actually talk to you today, Patty. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? Great, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. So this is so exciting. You and I met at a Steve Zapato's um, speaker talk. Tell me a little bit about how do you end up with speaker talks? How did you find out about Steve? Well, Steve and I, I actually own a speakers bureau. That's one of my uh, businesses. My daughter runs it now. Uh, and Steve being a speaker, I was friends with him on LinkedIn and Facebook. And so he reached out to me and invited me to be a speaker at Speaker Talks. Awesome, awesome. So tell me a little bit about who is Patty, your family, where do you live? You know, just the person. Well, I split my time in between Wisconsin and Key West. Oh. Key West, obviously, in the cold months when Wisconsin is cold. I'm uh, scheduled to go back to Wisconsin on June 1st when the weather has warmed up the equivalent to Key West. So we just absolutely love uh, the water. One of my favorite pastimes is boating. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we actually love it down here in Key West. As far as family, we have two daughters. My husband, Dan, and I have two daughters that are 37, and uh, one's going to be 40 years old on March 20th. Wow. And three grandchildren. The daughter that's turning 40 
her and her family are coming down for her birthday and one of my grandson's birthday. He's going birthdays. He's going to be 13 on the 27th of March. So they're coming to Key West over spring break because another one of my pastimes is I absolutely love spending time with my family. And so we've got a week of fun in the sun, boating, and other excursions going on all next week. Oh, that is so exciting, Patty. It's always, I want to be one of those grandmas that is very active, is able to keep up with the grandchildren, is able to be involved. And I always laughed with my daughter, Tabitha, and my son, Stephen. I said, I will sugar up all your children and then send them home. And that's how I'll get payback for all the things that you did to me when you were kids. And my kids <laughs> always laugh. They mom, stop it. <laughs> how old are your kids, Rosie? Good, good. So tell me, you are a serial entrepreneur a little bit like me. How did everything started? Because I know coming from healthcare for 15 years, where was that moment, that aha moment where you say, you know, I need to explore this? Was there a passion? Was there something tugging at your heart that make you did that? What, what was that pivotal moment for the change? Well, I was actually working uh, in, in healthcare as a nurse, and the uh, facility that I was working at, I started telling the nurses there about this uh, salon that I went to and this stylist that I absolutely loved. And I had over half of the nurses at this facility going to her. And a doctor came up to me and he said, what are you doing working here? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, you have over half the nurses going to the salon that you go to. And I said, well, Nancy's really good. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, Patty. He said, you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> and honestly, that was in 1989 or 90. Uh -huh. And after he left, he was doing his rounds. After he left, I went in the med room and I looked up the word entrepreneur in the dictionary uh -huh. because I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> and it was that he inspired me that there was something else I should be doing. And so I started exploring it. And my first uh, business was I did employee, uh, I did uh, insurance physicals and investigations. Mm -hmm. And he supported me to the point that he actually became my medical director, didn't want a dime and told me, you can pay me when you make your first million. Oh, wow. And that was the launching of uh, my entrepreneurial journey. Wow. Isn't that amazing how sometimes other people can see our talents and gifts, but we are so focused sometimes in the day to day that it takes somebody that is seeing you from outside to bring that that knowledge to you and that wisdom and awareness of you can do something right yes wow it's, it's just amazing and how he actually believed in you so much that he said pay me later when you make your first million yep 
oh my god that is just like unheard of in these days but that is just part of what sometimes as entrepreneur we need that person that is i call it that that inspirational encourager that believes in you even more that you believe in yourself because then that brings that awareness of there is something in me that i can do that I can better myself and see myself how this person sees me. So tell me a little bit about that business. So what did it turn out to be? How was that experience? Was persistent part of being successful? Well, persistence is part of all of it, right? (laughs) Because so many times uh, people give up if they Mm -hmm. don't see results immediately. And so that that first business was called Corporate Health Planners. Mm-hmm. And within just months, I had, I would say, 85% or more of the insurance agents in that area sending me all their business. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time that I, I, I received a call from uh, the paramedical exam company that I was working with. And I lived in the Wisconsin area, and there was a screening down in Chicago, right in the heart of Chicago. It was a VIP from Northwestern Railway. Mm-hmm. And this was the pivotal moment in my life. And this is, so I, when I grew up, I was taught to always go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. Give, give, my family was a blue collar family. My mom was a homemaker but we were taught work ethic and it was give the employer 110% and without complaining. Mm-hmm. And so when that office called me and they asked me to go to Chicago to do a screening and in all honesty, they didn't offer to pay me any more money and it would have taken the better part of my day when I could have been doing multiple exams and making money, more money. Because of my upbringing, I said yes. Mm. And I went down there and I did the physical on the gentleman. And during the physical, he asked me if we if we did wellness programs. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, let me get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing that I was taught is to go the extra mile and, mm-hmm. and to help people. And so... I got back home and I started, I had, I was actually working for five paramedical exam companies and each one of them, uh, when I inquired, had never heard of a wellness uh, company before or program. And so I opened up the phone book and I found one company by the name of Helix. Mm -hmm. And so I called that individual and I met with him and we ended up going down to Chicago and meeting with the VP of uh, Northwestern Railway. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, and that was in 1990. Wow. I'm sure today that about every one of your list- listeners have heard of wellness companies right, or employer-sponsored healthcare companies. Mm-hmm. This man that I met was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. And I started working with him after that. I started supplying all the examiners, myself being the very first one. Uh 
And then in 2011, he wanted to retire and he sold the company to me. Wow. So and that, I, go ahead, go ahead. If I would have said, no, I'm not going to Chicago. It's uh -huh. not worth my time. It's not worth the money. I would have never been asked about wellness and never would have looked up the founder of Helix. And my life would look completely different today because that business was a catalyst to where I am today. Yeah. So in, let's talk a little bit about where you are today. And, and when we met um, at the speaker talks, and I believe that's part of your story here, is that um, at one point, uh, the company that you worked for was going to be taken over by Target. And uh, you secure the future of the company and its employees by leading its transition to 100% employee-owned ESOP. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, so uh, in 2018, we merged with a employer-sponsored clinic vendor so that we could have a full portfolio of offerings in the employer-sponsored healthcare space. Mm -hmm. the media, immediately after that, we started getting inquiries for buyouts from PE firms mm -hmm. and offering the offerings were across the board, but then there was one standout. A PE firm that was doing a roll-up offered us 30% over fair market value for our company. Mm. Now, what other business owner that you know could refuse looking into an offer like that, right? Right. Well, we didn't either. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so in that process, we had 200 employees. And in that process, we, my husband and I met with a, finance, a wealth management advisor because we were selling our company and needed help with investments. Uh -huh. And what he picked up on that day was that we were more concerned what was going to happen to our employees because being a roll-up from another state, we knew the chances of them losing their jobs was a high risk. Right. And he he said, I know you guys are doing this, this roll-up, but I think you'd be better off as an ESOP. And he said, do you know what that is? And we said, yes, it's an employee-owned company. He said, but do you know what the benefits are? And my husband and I didn't know. Uh -huh. And then I went back and talked to our other partners. There was a total of six of us. And everyone else knew about the same as we did, that it was an employee-owned company. And, and then my partners quickly reminded me that we weren't being offered over 30 or 30% over fair market value because one of the benefits of an ESOP is you're guaranteed fair market value for your shares. Uh -huh. somebody's not going to come in and try to get the very best deal for them. They're going to, they're going to, the ESOP will pay you fair market value. So a week later, we met with the PE firm and the client uh -huh. and they explained to us that there were certain things, add backs on the balance sheet they weren't going to allow. And so they reduced their purchase offer to fair market value. Uh -huh. Well, what I didn't know at the time, and none of us did, is there's, a, there's an actual term for that. It's called deal creep. Hmm. And 
I, at that point, looked at my partners and said, if we're guaranteed fair market value with an ESOP and our employees are protected, why wouldn't we look at that? At least look at it. Uh Because in this situation, if they reduce their 30% down to fair market value at the first meeting, it's going south from here. Right. And we all agreed. So we pursued the ESOP. And we made the transition in uh, June of 2020 to a 100% ESOP. So today, uh, my company is owned by the employees. I I sit on the board. Uh And how that transpired is one of the other benefits of an ESOP is you can stay on as the shareholder you can stay on and stay in control of your company for as long as you want. Huh. So in my case, you're not going to have 200 employees deciding what kind of printer to buy. Right. Because the, the hierarchy chart doesn't change because an ESOP is a retirement fund. It's hmm. and, and shares are allocated to the employees over time that huh. build their retirement fund like no other retirement fund out there. ESOPs can make millionaires out of employees. And I'm talking baggers at grocery stores like Publix or receptionists, uh, executive assistants, managers, what have you. I have heard feedback that baggers have one to $3 million in their retirement fund And I just heard recently about a manager that retired from a grocery store like Publix. It's in Wisconsin. It's called Woodman's Mm -hmm. with in between four and $5 million in his retirement fund. It's a vehicle to literally transfer wealth and change the lives of the people that helped you build your company. But guess what? It does not come out of the original owner's pocket because the company itself is bought out or the the shareholders are bought out by the company on behalf of the employees. And so the company pays the shareholders fair market value Uh and then sets up this retirement fund that's overseen by a trustee who allocates shares over time to the employees to build their retirement fund. And there's a vesting period. And Uh the reason for the vesting period is so that the owners can be paid out first. And then the vesting period, the the retirement fund kicks in. And the reason for that is to keep the company healthy, right? right? Because if you're paying both at the same time, it's not going to keep the company healthy. So there's definitely a way to structure this so that the company remains healthy. And now, is there specific companies that that can do this work, or other ones more than uh, better than other ones, or any person that owns a company can do that? Well, there's a couple things. Number one, you have to have 15 full-time employees or more. Okay. And what I mean by that is, full-time means working a thousand hours annually or more. And what that equates to on a weekly basis is just under 20 hours. So what we consider full-time is, Mm -hmm. or what is actually 
what we consider part-time at a 20-hour work week uh-huh. is actually full-time when it concerns an ESOP. Oh, wow. So you can include staff that works 20 hours a week, which is which is wonderful because that what we could do is we could include all of our staff in the ESOP because of the qualification mm-hmm. being at 20 hours, which was important to us. Right, right. Now, was that changed the culture of your company now? Because now the owners are the employees. So they feel that they belong or that they own this company. Has their morale and their culture changed? An ESOP can be transformational for the culture of the company because you are now an employee owner. And there has been statistics or uh, that have been done that even during a downturn economy, including COVID, ESOPs fare better because when you're an owner and you have skin in the game, you do more for your company, quote unquote, than a company that you just work for. Right. So it's it's transformational when it comes to that, yes. Awesome. Well, Patty, this has been so interesting to learn more about your journey, about how persistence is part of this journey and that has continued to give you new adventures and new ways of looking at life, but always having that servant heart and that is important to you. Uh, where it has demonstrated that you took care of your 200 employees because it meant that it was important to you that that was your legacy. So, Patty, how can people find you? Um, my website is uh, Excel, E-X-C-E-L, Legacy, L-E-G-A-C-Y, Group, G-R-O-U-P, dot com. And then my email is patty at excellegacygroup.com or you can text 21,000. You can text ESOP, E-S-O-P, to 21,000. And those are three ways that you can reach out to me. Well, Patty, thank you so much. I am grateful today to have you as one of the persons that have visited my show Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I am blessed to have you as a friend. And to my listeners today, again, going back to the theme of the quarter, persistence. Persistence is about maintaining a lifelong commitment to whatever you're working towards. Be you spiritually, be you as a person, be you as a family, as a community leader, as a business owner. There is a quote by Dennis Gaber. We cannot predict the future, but we can invent it. Back to what our quarter theme was of purpose. Only you, my friends, are created to do what you were created to do and to be. Your skills, sets, and talents are only given to you for the purpose of your legacy. So today, my friends, do not forget you are special, you are loved, you are unique, 
and your gifts and talents are you yours to make this place, this world, a better place. Stay pure, stay positive, and stay inspired. This is Rosie Paulson. Ciao! You just enjoyed another episode of Cafecito with Rosie on air. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and visit www.rosiepaulson.com to learn more about Rosie Paulson Enterprises. Stay pure, stay positive, stay inspired.